Welcome to the first episode of the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, at Boys underscore 22, and I am joined by my co-host, Jacob Dunn. We are both excited to be a part of the Triple Play Network. We're equally excited here to help you win your fantasy league. So that's why we're here. We're here to help you win. We like to win. We are we are not losers. So that's kind of the part of it. Uh, Jacob, why don't we tell your our listeners, everybody out there, why they should trust you, a little bit about your background. Absolutely, man. First off, I just want to say how excited I am to kick off the show. I have been chomping at the bit for weeks now, and I'm yeah. so pumped that it's finally here. Um, I am the other half of the Super Fantasy Bros, the Luigi, if you will. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Ain't Done Yet, and Done is spelled D-U-N-N-E. Um, I've been a fantasy sports athlete for 20 plus years now. You know, I started playing when I was 10 years old, and I remember my first fantasy football team had Brett Favre on it. And he led me all the way to the, to the fantasy championship game. Um, I'll never forget that. So um, I am an expert fantasy ranker on fantasy pros where I got top five in the quarterback rankings uh, in 2020. Um, and I also finished in the top 40 overall amongst the 300 plus experts, um, a part of the competition. So on top of, on top of all of the contributions to Fantasy Pros. Uh, I am a contributor at RotoWire as well as a fantasy analyst on New Life Fantasy. Um, it's been an incredible journey. And now my number one goal is to help you, the listener, win your fantasy football league. Yeah, as you guys can tell, Jacob is definitely the better one of the group. Uh, I am just here just to guide him, and let, he, he's going to help you a lot, probably more than I am. But, you know, you can find me at Fantasy Pros, too. I'm a Debbie featured writer. I do a lot of Debbie stuff, Debbie Royale. Dynasty is really my main focus, where Jacob is more of a redraft kind of guy. So our whole goal of this was to give you two perspectives. Jacob's going to look at redraft, and, we, and he'll dive into Dynasty just like I will with redraft. But ask you questions, you know, waiver wire stuff during the season, anything like that, we're going to be here. We're your guys to talk about. Um, and we're just going to dive in. And I think uh, a little bit about where we wanted to go with this first kind of uh, podcast here is talk about our strategy. So we are looking at like, how do we attack? I know there's a lot of startups going on, especially for Dynasty. You probably, a lot of people have already done 100 because they're degenerates. But if you haven't yet, we're going to look at the first part of the day is like, what are your Dynasty strategies? And then we're going to go over our redraft strategies, kind of how we do it. And like you said, we've been doing this for a while. I think I've never drafted Drew Bledsoe in a league. That's how nice. old I am. Like, that's <laughs> how that goes. And not like the Cowboy Drew Bledsoe. So you can, you can go farther back for me. Like, I, I, I know how to kind of work these leagues i've been doing it for a while dynasty I've been playing exclusively for four or five years uh so why don't we dive into our super flex dynasty kind of leagues and that's what we're looking at so yeah. typically with dynasty what i'm trying to do is it's 12 teams it's a typical 10 spots okay with a super flex and so generally 10 to 12 players starting lineups and so you're generally drafting around 28 guys that's kind of consensus is that is that kind of where you're at jacob with, with dynasty? yeah yeah if you're doing like a one quarterback league this is a one quarterback dynasty league right kevin uh, no, this is Superflex. So this is going to be, flex. yeah. So generally, one thing I will say of the listeners out there, and I know a lot of guys on social media do this, but um, Superflex is starting to become all the rage. So Superflex is really starting to become kind of like 80% of leagues filled this year on DLF with Superflex, uh, Mox Superflex. So we're going to be focusing mainly on Superflex because I think it values the quarterback, which it should. Right. Uh, I think that's key. Uh, so, yeah, you're looking at that. And so when you're looking at Superflex, I think the, the hard part about Superflex right now going into this year is that really there's 25 startable quarterbacks. Like once you start getting into the 26, 27, 28 range with quarterbacks right now, it's getting a little um, – it's getting a little a little tough to dis distinguish. Hey, who am I taking? Boston. Yeah, Locke, Bridgewater, Darnold, those type uh -huh. of guys. You get a little nervous as a QB. So uh, that's kind of where you're at. For running backs, you know, we obviously there's 32 starting running backs, but some some teams support two or three different kind of running backs there. So like the 49ers, right? What are we going to do with the 49ers this year? It's a nightmare. The Patriots are always a nightmare. They've been a nightmare probably since me and Jacob started playing fantasy. Like it's just – that's who they are. 
right. AJ Dillon, the times back in the day, like those type of guys, like they still had like the committee, uh, the Texans. So realistically, you're looking at like 28 startable running backs, mm-hmm. wide receivers. There's tons. I, I usually, when I do a startup, I'm looking at two per probably team. So you're looking at 50 options there. And then tight ends, Really, there's about 10 quality options. And you can maybe make the argument there's five or six this year, but mm-hmm. we're generally around there. So really, what you're looking at is about 120 of legitimate players on your roster. So that's literally 10 rounds of your dynasty draft. So literally, when you're building your teams, you need 10 rounds of that dynasty startup. And that's that's kind of how I look at it. So from the first perspective, first kind of give you advice is you want to get as many draft picks as you can those first 10 rounds. Uh, either trading up, getting moving up. Don't worry about those 14, 15, 16 startup picks. You want to try to dive into those first top 10 rounds and not give up too much draft capital because that's where the players are. I'll be honest, Kevin. I'm usually, I'm usually one in a dynasty startup to just sit on my picks and let everyone else do all the trading around me because I, I am honestly too scared to give up the capital in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round to move up and then not have that foundation on my team. I know that the foundation is the first few rounds, but then I'm just like, I want to keep my picks at least in the startup, but that's just how I do it. And I don't know if that's going to be perceived as lazy, but I don't want to screw myself in the later rounds. But what you're saying, Kevin, is like, you need those guys in the first 10 rounds. Like it's okay to sacrifice a few late round picks. Like, I don't know, like your seventh round and eighth round pick to move up in the fifth round or something like that. Like, well, okay, so you can do like that. Now, I'm like you. I'm hesitant to trade because, first of all, I think I struggle with startup value sometimes. Like, I'm like, hey, right. where do I move back? What I tend to do, and this is kind of how I build my rosters, and this is the stuff that we were going to talk about tonight, is that I will move my first-round pick. So mm. most of the time, I don't mind moving my first for, like, let's say a second, a fourth, and then my first round next year, like a 2022 okay. first-round draft pick. And then I don't mind even moving further back and just accumulating as many picks as I can from that three to seven range mm-hmm. uh and, and just accumulate assets so it's not really giving up seven and eight not trying to move up to the first like trying to just collect as many assets you can from rounds two to seven so you that's think, how i build it you think that's better than just getting that stone cold first round pick like you know let's say you have like the fifth pick and it's like well i'm gonna go with you know i'm gonna go with dak prescott uh lamar jackson like just just like start with that all-star quarterback you would rather build like a deeper foundation in like the second and fourth round. You can, right? These are all different strategies. I think one area I like to do is do that because what I do, and I don't mind if, if you trust the league that you're in, the dynasty league, what I do, I like to build my rosters around stud wide receivers. So if I can move back into those two, three, four, five, six range, my stud wide receiver is going to be there. I build mm-hmm. up through that youth, get a quarterback, and you can get a guy like Trey Lance right now, uh, Justin Fields, some of these younger guys, and build up through those wide receivers. And then I'll, I'll get a running back at some point. But I'm notorious zero running back guy. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to this podcast, I am a zero running back dude. I, I, I like the zero running back. That's just my strategy. I, it's done well for me. I know that, you know, in Dynasty, because I think in Dynasty, the values of running backs fluctuate so much, to whereas mm-hmm. wide receivers are not. Um, so, for example, like that, these are some young stud wide receivers that I'm targeting right now in my leagues. And then this is all it, it's fluctuates. And, and even now, some of these guys might be better value. So first guy I'm going to mention is A.J. Brown. Now, I know we've had some news recently about Julio, but in Dynasty, Julio doesn't scare me. Uh, and he's my wide receiver one. He has been for this whole offseason. Right now, he has an ADP of 25. So you can get him about round three. So let's say you move back from your first round pick. You collected additional assets. So let's let's say you grabbed a second round pick. So now you have two seconds and then a third. Mm-hmm. So realistically, you could still grab a guy like Alvin Kamara, who has an ADP of 16. So he's going in that mid-second round. And then let's say you want to grab a quarterback. So let's say you go Kamara, Lance, and then you get A.J. Brown. That is a mm-hmm. realistic outcome. Uh, would you like that start or would you be a little nervous about that start? So I am just a little nervous on Trey Lance. Not not his talent because his rushing ability is insane. Um, I just uh, right away, I don't know what his playing time is going to look like. You know, like we know that Jimmy G is notorious for getting hurt uh, and he could step right away and just be this rushing, rushing phenom, which I think that he will be, which I know that you think he will be Kevin. Like I know that that's your boy. Um, I'm, 
I'm a little bit hesitant on Trey Lance. Actually, I, uh, I was just asked a really good question here, Kevin, if I can, um, if, uh, if I may. Yeah, um, let's go. If you had the second, oh, actually, if you had the first pick, are you going chalk with Trevor Lawrence in a super flex dynasty rookie draft? Or are you, are you thinking about Lance or Fields? If I have the first pick, I'm going yeah. Lawrence. Uh, okay. I, I'm not going Lance yet. Like I'm going to go Lawrence. I'm going chalk. I'm taking the guy that okay. I think has the higher upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's probably the safest uh, out of all that bunch, just because he's yeah. guaranteed that he is guaranteed that starting role from the get go. Um, so then you have the second pick. Are you going Lance or Fields? I'm going Lance. Okay. Uh, and, and he was he was my QB2 for a long time. So everybody mm-hmm. out there that's listening to this, I'm a big Trey Lance guy. Um, I believe in his talent, believe what he has. And I love that offense that he went to. And I love the weapons around him. I love Shanahan's offense. So I'm going Lance at the 102. I've done that in, in some leagues this year in my rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So for me, it's almost a coin flip. But I think I lean fields only because his competition in college was – so much greater than Lance's. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen Lance much against, you know, like the top defenses, you know, which was the argument coming into the draft, you know, and, you know, and it wasn't big enough for the Niners to pass on him. So, I mean, that gives us hope. That's like, okay, if the Niners see him as a franchise guy, I should see him as a franchise guy on my dynasty. I just, I think that field is a little bit more safer because we've seen him do it against greater, greater competition in college. But I mean, you can sway me with Lance because I know that he's much more of a rushing quarterback than fields. And I love my rushing quarterbacks. So, so I think this comes down to this with you. And this is a good, just because we're all talking about strategies now. When you do go into a draft, and I saw this question today and I was on social media, it was interesting. So do you, do you draft ceiling or floor? What do you look for? Okay, so uh, I, I more lean towards floor, especially with okay. my early picks, uh, just because I do not want them to bust. And I want a foundation so that I can go for that higher ceiling later. How about so you? This is where we're going to differ because I swing for the fence. Like, I love ceiling. Like, I'm like, so when I see Lance, I see ceiling. Where I think Fields has a has a safer floor right like mm-hmm. we know kind of what we're going to get with fields he can be good i love fields too like don't get me wrong but when i see lance man i see that ceiling and i just gravitate towards it i love taking home run shots now sometimes ugh, like sometimes i mess up like sometimes i take some guys and they and they fall but you know when you're looking at and that's why like with a strategy that you have like let's say like so for example if we draft kamara that's more of a win now dynasty team like you're taking kamara he's a little older but in in this scenario if you had two picks if you move back you could look realistically get swift aj brown and then trey lance so now yeah. you have that kind of issue so that's kind of where i go with that like if you can accrue get as many of those things don't and I, the biggest thing i can say about a dynasty is don't force running backs so mm-hmm. stud running backs are a premium asset. So if you need to get one, fine, but they're really volatile, right? Like, look right. at what's happened to Gurley. After three years, Gurley's what? I think he's dead, and he's 25, 26, and he's just <laughs> gone. Right. Look at, right. Look, at, look, at, look at Zeke. Zeke mm-hmm. is getting drafted in the fourth round of Dynasty Startups right now, which is disrespectful. Like, we don't right. need to go there. But, I mean, but if, he, if he's getting drafted that late, look out. And he probably spent a first on him last year. So, mm-hmm. like – that's why I don't reach on running backs. I don't force them. I let them come to me. If they fall, okay, I have value. I have value. I have value. And that's kind of how that works for me. But I look to target those. And especially right now. So everybody out there in a startup, third to fourth, fifth, sixth round, you can get legitimate wide receiver ones, mm-hmm. like legitimate wide receivers. So like AJ Brown, CD Lamb is going in round three or four. His ADP right now is 41. So you can grab CD Lamb in the fourth and have your wide receiver too. Imagine pairing AJ Brown with CD Lamb together. Oh my goodness. And then you have Swift and Lance, right? Because you right. traded back, you're able to accumulate assets. Um, right. That's a hell of a foundation. Like that's yeah. how yeah. I build the team. I like that a lot. Instead of just having like a rock star and then a bunch of questionable, you know, like questionable floor ceiling yeah. type guys. Like, you know, I think that the only way I take a running back in the first is if I, you know, if like CMC drops to like the middle of the first, I mean, like he's yeah. like an outlier guy. But I agree with you in a, in a dynasty startup, you know, trading back is the way to go. If you can't trade back, I like to just go after my quarterbacks. I'm going to get my young 
you know, I'm going to get my young stud quarterbacks early and often in my first two picks and figure the rest out later. Yeah. What do you think about that strategy? No, I think that's, I think that's good too. Right. But I would say right now in, in dynasty startups right now that I've seen, especially the quarterback position, you're really, you're going Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Dak, Jackson and Herbert, right? right? Then it gets very, who knows? Like, then it's okay. It's going to be Burrow, Lawrence, Wilson. There's a big teardrop um, between and quarterbacks. there is Watson, which we're going to talk about later. Like, you yeah. just don't know what to do with him right now. So, yeah. yeah so, I don't mind that strategy. Um, the only thing is, if you're out of that six, top six, then what do you do? Because you're probably going to get CMC drops to you, which is it's fair. So, like, imagine you go to CMC or whatever. But when you're in that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range, it gets a little dicey. And that's why I don't mind moving back a little bit and just playing the board. Or if you have a top five pick, imagine what the value is. Now, mm-hmm. I will say a lot of people are getting smarter and they're not trading up. So they don't want to give up too much capital. Right. So I think one thing I've been seeing, one strategy I've been using. So instead of like trading your first for a second, fourth, and a first next year, I've been going a second, fourth, and like a tenth. Okay. I'm not going for the first next year, but I will if it. I, I will start with that. But if I can just kind of accumulate as many picks as I can in the first ten rounds, I'll do it, and then I'll just adjust my values as I go. I actually kind of prefer the. 10th round pick in a startup than a first round pick in the next year, just because I like those known, known guys who have produced and you can, it's going to help your team compete that year. So I prefer the 10th pick that year than the first round pick next year. Yeah, no, and that's fair, right? And I think it's all about adjustments because people are starting to catch up. Like three years ago, you could trade back all the time because people wanted to come up against Barkley and then Barkley gets hurt, and then their roster is screwed. So right. I think it's all about adjusting. Here are some other guys. You tell me what you think about these guys. So Jamar Chase is going at ADP 44, so round four. Uh, DJ Moore, he's going at round six right now. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Brandon Ayuk is a guy that I'm really targeting. He's in round seven. Wow. So those are, like, wide receivers that I really like to build around. Um, right. Do you have any opinion on those guys, or how do you feel about those guys? The only one that I have question is a Jamar Chase. And I guess you're getting my strategy out now in yeah. Dynasty and you're figuring out that I that I don't like to swing for the fences that early. Jamar Chase, he does seem like a very safe dynasty asset in rookie drafts and startups. Uh, but he just hasn't done it yet. And I'm not and I'm and I would honestly rather have DJ Moore over him because I know that he's done it. He has big play ability. He's done it at the pro level uh, and he's still young. So, you know, DJ Moore in the sixth is yeah. much better value than uh, Jamar Chase in the fourth. Uh, that's just me. I wouldn't blame mm-hmm. anyone for taking Chase because his, oh my goodness, his, uh, his 40 time, his size, his chemistry with Burrow, it is hard to pass up because that's pretty safe. Uh, and then you said Brandon Ayuk in the seventh. I love that because he is the real deal. So I would definitely take him in the seventh because he would be what my wide receiver two, probably three, you know, like my probably third. three. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great value in the seventh. I mean, realistically, depending on the board shapes, that always matters. You could literally start, like I said earlier, you could start a draft where you get Lance, AJ Brown and Swift come around and you're probably not getting CD, but you probably could get maybe Jamar. So now you have a nice young nucleus. Now, if you don't want to go Jamar, there's plenty of people around Jamar right now where you could probably – it just depends on who's there. I mean, yeah, you could right. probably get D- – Darren Waller is around that ADP. Sure. And uh, you could – DeAndre Hopkins is Calvin Ridley. So, like, there's some guys. Ooh. I think you're yeah. a Ridley. I feel like you would grab Ridley. Probably. I would absolutely grab Ridley. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So there's dudes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But I'm not wasting my picks. So once you start getting into that fourth, third round, you're looking at Mixon, who I love. But Mixon – Sanders, CEH, some of these other guys, I'm okay moving past them because the overall value of my roster is imagine if Jamar Chase hits like, let's say, Justin Jefferson. I know it's a lazy comparison, but just bear with me. So like, let's say that he is Jamar Chase. He has that ability. And, but then you pick uh, Miles Sanders, who now we realize Miles Sanders is just another running back. Like he's never going to be a more in a running back two at best. But now you have a wide receiver. One on your roster has value for three or four or five years. Like that's why I, I tend to hit the wide receivers um, in, in that area. But I will grab a guy like Swift early if I need to. Those type of guys, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's kind of how I look there. Now, as far as quarterback goes, 
I've always been a notorious wait on quarterback guy and redraft uh, dynasty. I like to get guys like I've gotten Mahomes, but I don't reach on quarterbacks either, but here are some guys that I actually tend to like in super flex formats where if they're your QB one or two, probably, I mean, excuse me, QB two, I'd get a little worried if any of these guys was your QB one. So Jalen hurts is going round three right now. 80, ADP is 29.50 round three in a startup right. super flex. Yeah. Super flex. Wow. Okay. So I think that's pretty good value, um, yeah. depending on what you think of him. Um, he's mm-hmm. going around that QB 14 range. So if if you can get him as your QB2, so like in a startup this year, I got Kyler Murley and him. So nice. those are my two QBs in the Superflex. Rushing upside. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, I mean, that's kind of what my strategy. Uh, Tua, he's going in round four. So... Hmm. Hmm. value like that's what i'm looking at when i see these startups um carson wentz is going round six so 60.50 and then i gotta include my boy sam darnold because if i don't twitter will get after me but sam darnold's coming at round eight okay so and then that was another startup i did this year i was in i ended up getting dak at the 106 Mm -hmm. and i got darnold in round 10 as my qb2 and i just filled in value in between there uh, and now it's a little bit of a risk, but Darnold, but I'm expecting him maybe to be just be able to put up QB two numbers. Um, yeah. so essentially that's what I'm looking at. So, and, and that's kind of how I, how I look at it and I kind of move and, and I go through it. So, you know, if you look there, I'm just looking for wide receivers that can approach a hundred targets. I'm looking for young stud kind of wide receiver two, wide receiver one options in that round. Uh, and I'm going to queue as many 10, 10 rounds, as many picks in those 10 rounds as I possibly can. So that's kind of how I go into a start. Now, everything changes based on how strategy plays out and everything, but that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to acquire as many assets as I can in those first 120 players. I love it. And uh, I want to piggyback off of your Sam, Sam, Darnold love here. I think he's going to be forced into being, he's going to creep up into top 20 numbers this season just because of the weapons around him. Yeah. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, CMC. I think he is he is destined for a bounce back. Yeah, a bounce back season, and he is going to prove his doubters wrong. I, I have all the faith in the world in him, and and it's mostly because he has an amazing cast. Yeah, no, I think I think that's true. And I, I if you want to, if you listen to the podcast, we have a YouTube channel. I did a whole breakdown, twenty five minute breakdown of Darnold with offense. Everything there, video. If you wanted to take a look, you can go there. So that's kind of how I do my dynasty stuff. Uh, Jacob, how, why don't we get into redraft? I know a lot of people play redraft, so we definitely want to attack that for you guys out there. The whole point of this podcast, um, especially for Triple Play Networks, they focus a lot on interviews. They do a lot of other stuff. Like we're just here for strategy, how the heck to help you win. Guys, we're looking to grab like those type of things. So when we're thinking about redraft, which I will be honest, I actually didn't play in one redraft last year. I stayed away. I'm gonna. Whoa. I'm in a couple this year. So, but I didn't actually do redraft first year. I never did. I kind of missed it. I missed it just a little bit. So, right. what are we doing with redraft this year? Man, I love that fresh start every year. I mean, like Dynasty has its perks for sure, but I love just that fresh start. Yeah. It, it just it feels great. So, and what's funny about doing a redraft league is that strategies change year by year. So, I could be giving you a completely different strategy by next year. But we're talking about 2021, okay? Um, so yeah. here's, how, here's how I'm attacking this draft. I I have my tier one running backs and my tier two running backs, okay, who I want to grab in the first round no matter what. And that is CMC, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, um, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, and Nick Chubb. Those are the running backs that I will confidently take in the first round. No questions asked. because. They are the only ones that I trust with the full workload. Um, I know like you're probably asking like, oh, but what about Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb? I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt. We saw what Nick Chubb did even with Hunt in the lineup. Nick Chubb is a beast. You need to draft him in the first round. Um, so um, after all those running backs are taken, and let's say you still have a first round pick, you're towards the end end of the first round, all those backs are taken. That's where I grab Travis Kelsey. I am not messing around with my tight ends this year because I used to pride myself in streaming tight ends. And I am like, I still think I have a very successful hit rate when it comes to streaming tight ends in the past. But last year, I think I was like, oh my goodness, like 30%. Like yeah. it was just like, and I can't like, 
raise your hand and tweet at me and DM me if you had success streaming tight ends because it was a literal crapshoot last year. It was ridiculous. So it has taught me if all those running backs are off the board, I am targeting Travis Kelsey for sure after all those backs are off. Uh, just the the positional advantage that he gives your team on a week-to-week basis is incredible. And I just want to set it and forget it, not stress, not not try to hit these streamers because tight ends are super rare. That that productivity, you need to grab Kelsey in the first or think about grabbing Kittle and Waller in the early third. Um, so in in a, if let's say that Kelsey's gone, that's the only time that's when I will shift to uh Devontae Adams, a Tyreek Hill. Um it used to be an AJ Brown, but he kind of got pushed back a little bit in my rankings after the Julio trade. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of um he only got pushed back to wide receiver six. He was my wide receiver three. He's now my wide receiver six. So I still think that he puts up great wide receiver one numbers because you know, as we saw last year, Julio isn't invincible. He missed more time than he has in his career. And if anyone has ever owned Julio Jones, you know that like every year for the past like six years, he always comes in questionable. Yeah, so right. I don't think that the Titans play him every single snap. I think that they lower his snap count to keep him healthy all season, which means that AJ Brown should still eat and he, sh- and he, and you should still trust him as your wide receiver one. Um, and he doesn't score touchdowns. Like Julio drives me crazy because he always right. never scored touchdowns, and it was just a frustrating thing. And yeah. I fr- well, I want to I want to stop you for a second though. So I have two questions for you in terms of redraft. So right. are you worried at all about Barkley's injury? I actually am not, just because uh, I always think back to Adrian Peterson and how he tore his ACL, and then he came back and had a career year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Saquon is that 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 type of freak that like athletic profile like he is just he is just a monster so i am not worried about him i would draft him after cmc actually which is kind of a hot take because it's always cmc and dalvin cook and then it's a mix of like all right you want barkley you want henry you want uh taylor right so i would actually take him third Uh, i would think about him at second above cook but you know you know it's dicey so yes i am not worried about saquon barkley Okay, and then the other thing is with with we got to worry about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. But the nice thing about redraft is we should know by the time you're doing a redraft draft, right? What's going on with Rodgers? How high are you taking Justin Jefferson? Then where is Justin? Because where is he at in your kind of like wide receiver tier? Justin Jefferson is just in my low end wide receiver one tier. He's like my wide receiver ten to twelve range. Um, okay, now. He would be higher if I knew that the Vikings defense was going to be the same lackluster defense that they were last year. But they are getting back monsters like Anthony Barr and uh, Daniel Hunter on the line. I think they're going to be a lot better than last year just because they're simply getting healthy. Uh, So I don't think that's going to make Kirk Cousins throw as much as he did last year. Because as we saw last year, I was a Justin Jefferson owner. um, And he just had a dud first half and he turned it on in the second half and he won me a few weeks. Uh, I just don't know if the Vikings will need to do that with an improved, with an improved defense. So I am fine with waiting on Jefferson. I'm not going to take him in the second round, but I'd be happy if he was my wide receiver too, like in the third round, if it just so happens to end up like that. Okay. No, that's fair. I just, you know, redraft has always changes my strategies because seeing Justin Jefferson not go at either the beginning of second in dynasty is like, Oh my God, what happened? What happened to this? Cause he's going so high. Uh, right. So it, it always interests in there. I think Adams is there. And I think you're right about tight ends. I am done streaming tight ends. Like I'm going to get, I'm, I've, I've kind of moved it to where I have a top five and even in redraft, I feel, I still feel like Hawks a pretty good pick this year. Mm-hmm. And I still think Fant is good. Like, I still believe in him as a talent and Mark Andrews too. So like right. they're okay, but once you get there's a clear tier, right? And then it just yeah. goes. Um, yeah. But but that's kind of how I feel. Where are you taking pits then? Like how, yeah. how comfortable in pits and redraft then? That is a great question, and I actually moved him all the way up to tight end four. Like he okay. is, he is uh, just above T.J. Hawkinson uh, and uh, Mark Andrews. So I think with Julio gone, Kyle Pitts is going to take some snaps as a wide receiver if not half of his snaps you know I don't see him being a traditional tight end 
he was going to be that probably with Julio there. But now that Julio's gone, they need to maximize their weapons. And yeah. all they have is Ridley and they have Hurst. So, you know, Pitts isn't forced to be a tight end like a traditional tight end. So Pitts could line up in the slot. He's going to see a ton of targets. I just don't see how Kyle Pitts fails. Uh, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you took an unnecessary shot at my guy, Russell Gage, though. Uh, no, but no, I, I, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, no, Russell Gage is there, right? Like He's going to get some targets. What's funny is that I moved, I moved him up the farthest because I had him at – you know, in my seventies yeah. and now he's up in my forties, you know? So it's yeah. like he moved up like 30 spots, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to get a ton of targets too. I, you know, you know, I appreciate you bringing him up because he is a, he is a sneaky wide receiver three for you, uh, yeah. who could have some boom weeks. Uh, but to answer your earlier question, I am willing to take pits. I mean, with the tight end landscape nowadays, yeah. I'm willing to take him whew, man in the, f- in the fifth round, is that too crazy? Is that too high? Is that not high enough? That's probably not high enough right now. It probably depends. Know, probably on, right. Probably on the. I, I saw him go tight in one in dynasty, which I get, but I understand that. Uh, redraft, I, I see. I can see him going pretty high, and some best balls that I've done, he's gone in the third round. Okay, okay. So uh, if we are talking best balls, he could have some blow up games. I'm just yeah. thinking like rookie tight ends. They don't usually have a super successful first year but Kyle Pitts is an outlier. So if somebody wants to take him in the top three rounds, I'm going to let someone else do that, but I'd be willing to reach like in the fifth, in the early fifth, once I have my four foundational pieces, like my running backs and my wide receivers. Okay. All right. All right. That's fair. All right. Well, well, after you, so after you get that, we talked about Adams, Kelsey being there. After you do that, what are you looking for next in your redraft league? Yeah. So, I didn't mention this earlier, but I don't even open up the quarterback browser until my running backs and my wide receiver starters are set. Um, There's an exception, like let's say uh, Lamar Jackson falls to the fifth and I already have my two backs and my wide receiver one. That's when I would maybe take, take a chance on a Lamar Jackson. If he falls, just because that rushing ability is insane. Uh, but other than that, uh, if I don't get a cheat code quarterback like a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray, uh, then I am going to wait and I am going to stream quarterbacks because I love streaming quarterbacks. And I and I am, you know, I'm not too uh, like I'm I'm not too proud to say like I I hit at streaming quarterbacks like I love streaming quarterbacks I do a ton of research I look at their past games I look at the defense I look at who's out who's in and I love picking those streamer quarterbacks so um that's a little plug like I like to do like a weekly mm-hmm. weekly streamer thing uh for quarterbacks so you know you can be on the lookout for those tweets in the season but you know I I am not even opening up my browser until like the fifth round, like, you know, like my quarterback browser until the fifth round. Cause I want my running backs for sure. Like I need my two running backs. Like the perfect scenario is, you know, let's say a Jonathan Taylor with like my sixth pick and then cam Akers in the second round, like to get those two backs, I would be thrilled. Um, and then I can look at the tight ends in the third round. Uh, you know, like hopefully grab a Waller or a Kittle or even a Pitts, you know, in the third or fourth round. Um, if value dictates, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely go, uh, I don't know about you, but would you, would you consider drafting Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray in the fifth round? Or are you just like, I'm not even touching my quarterbacks until later. The only guys I will touch you that high is if they have a rushing upside. So mm-hmm. if they can rush and they can score touchdowns and give me those points on the ground for the Konami kind of code quarterbacks, I don't mind kind of reaching, right? Because there's only a certain of them that are different. But I have always found that in redraft and even in best ball kind of formats, I don't take a quarterback. I mean, because it's just your waste, especially with because of it not being super flex, the value is not going to be there for a lot of these running backs and wide receivers. I mean, probably the fifth round in running backs is just desolate. So you're really looking at, okay, who can I grab? And, and, and I'd rather take that value. Now it just depends on how they fall, but if it's the fifth round, I don't mind taking a guy with rushing upside who I think Lamar actually is probably a value right now in a lot of leagues. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's going to be a redraft value. So I don't mind that. Uh, I don't mind that at all. Uh, what? So if we're, I, I'm interested here. So the second year running backs, 
you have Swift, you have Akers, you're going to have Taylor, you got all these different guys, Gibson. Um, of those groups, so of that kind of that second year running back, who who are you most comfortable taking in redraft? It may be Taylor's probably the most. So after Taylor, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like Jonathan Taylor is my stone cold like he yeah. is he is that guy that I'm taking in the first round. But after that, it's a great question, Kevin. Uh, you know, Cam Akers is that next guy that I am trusting fully, and I okay. hope to get. I hope to get in the second round. Antonio Gibson, to me, has so much upside. He probably has the highest upside in that group just because of, you know, he used to be a wideout um, at Kentucky and stuff. And Ron Rivera loves to just play his three down backs, as we saw with CMC. Yeah. Uh, but he comes into training camp with that toe injury, that lingering toe injury that I guess has never healed. So that kind of, that kind of, scares me from taking him at least in the second round i might let someone else take him unless he he drops to the third um so i would feel most comfortable after jonathan taylor and cam Akers. i'd feel most comfortable actually taking clyde edwards elaire and i know it's like what about swift um i i am kind of worried about the words of anthony lynn saying we're just gonna ride the hot hand and that lion's offense is not gonna be good like it's going to be a dumpster fire on most weeks unless swift breaks out and just has crazy games he's going to have to do it by himself yeah. and that that doesn't give swift a very high floor for me and you know me kevin i like the floor <laughs> yeah. um you know i like the floor and swift to me now loses that safe floor to where I'm not going to reach for him unless he, he comes in the third round. Uh, I would be comfortable taking a wide receiver if Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor are off the board in the second round. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on that too, Kevin. What are your thoughts on Anthony Lynn saying that he's going to ride the hot hand with Jamal Williams, who he was handpicked off of free agency? Does that scare you at all as a Swift owner, as a Swift manager? I don't, you know, I don't... I don't think so. I don't listen. I try not to let coach speak like, cause Anthony Lynn, he's the offensive coordinator. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. Like Dan Campbell's going to get in there and say, Hey, we're going to give our playmakers the ball. Uh, like, so Anthony Lynn doesn't definitely like what he was saying. I try not to use coach speak to be like, Oh, I got to change my values and change my, my, my rankings on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do think that Cam has a lot of upside because I think they're going to rely on him, but they still have Henderson there too. Like Henderson's no scrub. Like Henderson's going to get some goal line work. He's going to kind of vulture some touchdowns. Um, I, I still believe in Swift. I, Williams is a good running back. And he's going to take some I – mean, he'll take some targets away. I think that's for sure. We're going to see that. Uh, the thing that worries me the most about the Lions is not necessarily their, their their coaching staff. It's that the offensive line's okay. It's gotten better. They've improved it. It's their lack of receiving weapons because mm-hmm. I think that they're going to stack the box. They're going to see game schemes against them, game scripts against them on the defensive side. So I think does Swift have the talent to do that? In Dynasty, I think he's a surefire. I'm taking him. In Redraft, like you're mentioning, I'm getting more nervous just because I don't necessarily trust those weapons that they have. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And you're the type of Dynasty manager to pounce on that Coach Speak news and, you know, mm-hmm. and try to buy buy all of the Swift shares that you can, right? Oh yeah, I've been I've been slowly collecting my shares as I've gone, um, and and it does just how you have to do it. Like you use those type of like that news day when it comes out, and you just pounce on weak owners. Uh, right. You can't be nice, like especially in dynasty, you're trying to win. Like I'm exactly. not your friend. Like I'm gonna win, and we're gonna go attack these things. What? So what are you? I have a question real quick, and then we can kind of go on. What are you mm-hmm. doing with Najee Harris then? Because he's actually I've seen him ranked a little higher than Antonio Gibson and Ceh. And I've seen him go in the top 10 of redraft kind of rankings before. Do you have him that high or are you a little bit nervous about him? No, actually, I I am very, like, I'm bullish on him just because of his opportunity and what he showed at Alabama. I think that he's one of the safest backs to pick. Uh, okay. I would feel comfortable taking him. I would still pick Antonio Gibson over Najee. But I would take him over Clyde Edwards Elaire because I have Najee as my as my RB fourteen, uh, and Clyde as my RB fifteen. Uh, so I would take Najee to me is one of the is one of the safest running backs, and uh, you know that you can take this year in dynasty and in a redraft league. I know that we haven't seen him, and I was talking about earlier. I like guys who we've seen. Well, 
running backs is a little bit of a different story. You know, I remember talking to you earlier, Kevin, and you said that running backs really only have like, what, like maybe like a three to five year window, you know, like to, you know, like to dominate. Right. Yeah. So Najee Harris, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he like 23, 24 years old? He's 23. I believe he, he, he's a, he's a little older. He's going to be 23. He's a little older. which to me in a redraft tells me that he's mature and he was in the Alabama system. He knows what to do. He's a smart guy. So that, that raises my confidence level. And the fact that he has no competition makes me very bullish on him in redraft leagues. And I would take him in the second round, probably in the middle. Right. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah. So what I, what Jacob was mentioning earlier, I look at my running backs really as three-year guys, assets. And Najee is a two-year asset for me. So I will draft Najee. I actually have no, actually I have one share of Najee. That's it out of all my leagues. Um, and so I'm going to ride him for two years. And then before the third year, most people keep that third year and then try to shift them. But I would rather be one year early than one year too late. And I'm going to try to sell Najee after he has two very good years. Say, hey, who wants a running back one? and then try to collect assets as much as I can. Especially if you're a dynasty player out there, 2023 is a heck of a class, a running back class. We could be looking mm-hmm. at four or five running back ones in 2023. Okay. So that would maybe be a good time to ship those. Um, but that's how I look at it, and that's kind of where I'm going uh, with, with Najee. I think he's going to be good, and I, I don't mind that. I would take him over CEH in a heartbeat, but I'm a CEH hater. So sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mindy out there. But yeah, I don't, I'm not a CEH guy. I'm staying away from CEH. I'll stand up for CEH a little bit just because he doesn't have any competition this year, uh, you know, because Damian Williams is gone. Uh, yeah. You know, there is still a Daryl Williams there, but I'm not too afraid of him. I think it's going to be his second year. He can still make that second year jump. Uh, you know, he's been learning. He's, you know, he's with the greatest offense in the NFL. Um, and Andy Reid is an offensive genius. So he's going to figure out ways. I have faith in a bounce back. Uh he could, you know, what's crazy is that he has the one of the most highest ceilings, but he also has a very scary, scary floor. Uh, yeah. So he, I would trust him in the late second, uh, probably early third. I'd rather get him in the third as like crazy value because that would be value for someone who's starting on the Chiefs offense. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Clyde is scary for sure, but I'm going to buy him. I'm going to buy that, that somewhat of a comeback season even though he didn't have a horrible year he just wasn't he just wasn't consistent uh so i think he's more consistent this year i just don't think he's good out there all listeners out there if he's good you can come after me and you can pick for me but i was not on the ch train last year i will not jump on that train next year so so we talked about quarterbacks kind of went into that are there any guys that you're maybe looking as like you you can get them later because i used to wait to like the 10th 11th 12th round grab philip rivers that's kind of my was my, yeah. my mainstay back in the day are there any late quarterback guys that you're looking for Absolutely. So yeah, um, if I'm not going to get crazy value on a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray in like the sixth round, then I'm waiting late to grab a Daniel Jones. I actually believe that he will have a good year because like I said about Darnold, he has CM, uh, he has Barkley, he has Kenny Galladay there. He still has Sterling Shepard, who is extremely reliable. Uh, he has Evan Ingram. He has all these weapons around him and plus he can run. He has that rushing ability. Uh, you know, I am willing to forgive him for tripping uh, on that one play when he had like a monster 80-yard run and the turf monster got him. Uh, I'm willing to forgive him. You know, I I don't know what, what happened there. Uh, but he has that rushing ability. I can see him getting 30 to 40 yards a game. Uh, so I am comfortable either streaming him or taking him late. And also Kirk Cousins. I know I said that the defense is going to be better, but he also has those weapons and the Vikings won't be perfect. So, I mean, like they will have to come back from some games. So I think that Kirk Cousins is safe. Daniel Jones is safe. You know, I would like to stream some of those guys. And I also think that Sam Darnold is going to be streamable for some games. Um, and I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, Carson Wentz. And I also like Cam Newton as long as I don't think that he keeps the job the whole year, but Cam Newton has that rushing ability. He has much better weapons. So I, so I think that he can be a low end, a sneaky high end quarterback to a low end quarterback one on most weeks, as long as, as long as he keeps his job because Mac Jones is looming, but you know, those are some quarterbacks I'd feel comfortable taking late or just streaming. 
That's fair. I, I, I still think Derek Carr's a value, like weirdly, right? Like he always – that would be a guy that if I was kind of looking at it, like, hey, I'm going to target him at the end. Yeah. If I can get Derek Carr as like either my QB2 way late or just a QB1 and later as, as the draft kind of falls to me and then I can stream, I can follow Jacob and get all his great streamers and I can just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. I think I, I actually think Carr with that with those uh, weapons, he Brian Edwards should come on, Ruggs is there. You're going to see kind of them use, using those running backs in different ways, but he can always have those blow-up games where you yeah. can be consistent. So yeah. I, I like Derek Carr. I think he could yeah. be good there. All right, well, so that's some draft strategies. You got anything else for us? Yeah, so I'll just say again. So it's RB, RB, hopefully. But then I will grab Kelsey if that tier one or tier two is off the board. And then I'm going to look at my wide receivers or my tight ends. Like it's all about like you can't just have a closed mind when going into a redraft. Like you have to just go with the flow. And that's why you guys need to mock out there on any platform. Just mock because you need to be ready to change your day to change your draft strategy on a whim you know like you need to follow where the value is so don't just go in being like okay i'm gonna go rb rb no matter what and then your rb2 is someone who's sharing the backfield just because you wanted that rb rb and you skipped out on a value of a wide like it like and aj brown um you know aj brown i heard is falling to the third or fourth round which would be insane value i would love him as my wide receiver one to pair with my two running backs that would be insane uh yeah yeah, so that is one bit of last strategy as we talk more as we do more shows kevin i just want people to know there is no set there is no set draft strategy you have to be flexible and you have to just go with the flow yeah no, I think that's like in any draft. Like I, when I did my dynasty strategies, that stuff can go out of the board real quick. When someone takes somebody, you're like, wait, what happened? Like you just took right. Swift at one ten. Like wait, what? So like it can definitely affect you a little bit. Uh, and I have found that in dynasty and in redraft, people want to get their guys. Like they'll just go grab them, and sure. that is what it is. So you got to really adjust. So mocks are always important there, and we had that. So I think that everybody out there should listen to this. I mean, that's kind of the you know the strategy that we've done, and it's worked for us like you you know you try to grab those assets and if you've never done dynasty before the first one it can be very it can be like oh my god what is this and it can be challenging you're taking the wrong guys so mock before you ever do a dynasty one listen to us go on their rankings look at what we're doing um and try to find it so i know you have a question for me so i, I figure we we would we would end it there we'll talk about this we always untry at the end we're going to ask this questions kind of about our own roster so you can kind of get them uh and what we're dealing with as managers too because we play this game we're just like you guys we're 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 degenerates just like you (laughs) that's right that's right kevin all right man as the as as the dynasty aficionado i lost in my dynasty championship last season i have deshaun watson and russell wilson as my quarterbacks in a 14 team dynasty league if watson has to miss the 2021 season would you look to unload a 32 year old russell wilson for let's say a top five top five rookie pick uh, and quote unquote, you know, like tank, you know, like for, you know, so that I can have the top pick in 2022. Um, in other words, would you try to rebuild as a Watson dynasty manager or sit tight? Because there's no way I compete if Watson has to miss next season. Yeah. So um, a couple of things. So right now I probably wouldn't move anybody yet. So what I would do is I would wait until August. And then what's going to definitely going to start happening is injuries are going to happen. We're going to see guys get moved. Rodgers might get moved. That might just kind of destroy someone else's quarterbacks to where they'll pay you a little bit more for a Russell Wilson. And I will say right now, the only thing that worries me is Russell Wilson's value is not as good as like, I think people are expecting in dynasty. He's not super old, but I think the value isn't as as good as it needs to be because I have Russell. I've tried to get rid of him. I Mm -hmm. actually, and and really like I have a couple pulled up. So this isn't a 14 team league right now. This is what he went for. Russell Wilson went for Baker Mayfield, Noah Fant and a 2022 second. Oh, that seems low to me. That seems like value for Russell. That's low, right? So, like, and and, and recently for, and you're, we're talking about top five picks here. Russell Wilson went for the 103 in this year's draft, but we, they had to add the set, the 104, or the 204 and the 211 on top of that just to get the 103. Which That's I don't mind. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to get Fields or Lance, those guys, and you have that quarterback. Um, as far as next year goes, the quarterback class next year is going to be an interesting class. So, the mm-hmm. one thing I will say is you're looking at Rattler or Sam Howe. 
And then after QB, those two QBs, there's a there's a very big tier break. We're uh, looking at it. You're going to maybe get Carson Strong from Nevada, Matt Corral, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty. Could he step up and step in there? Keaton Slovis has some question marks. JT Daniels has some question marks. So when you're looking at like the question marks at that position, you better hope, especially in a 14 team league, especially with the quarterbacks, because I know what these those kind of can be like in 14 team leagues, that you get a top two pick. Because if you don't get either Rattler or Howe, who have question marks as well, uh, that QB three or four could be a, 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 it's like we saw five go in this last round in this last mm-hmm. first round i think that we're going to see the median come back a little bit with our quarterbacks you're not going to see five guys get drafted in the first round uh right. so next year might not be the year 2023 though you have a couple good prospects bryce young dju from clemson you're gonna have a lot of different guys there uh so i would hold tight right now with deshaun mm-hmm. and russell wait until the season comes and see if some guys lose some quarterbacks and then you can always just start one quarterback and just, you could probably tank that way, too. Uh, just start one quarterback, fill it in there. Um, but I would wait because those values aren't there yet. The value is not good enough. I, I need an injury or something to increase Russell's value. I love that, Kevin. And I just want to say how valuable your Devi mind is right now because <laughs> I, do not, I, do not, I do not dive that deep into college. And I know that you do. That, that, that is your thing, which makes you extremely valuable to the show and just to the fantasy world. So... I appreciate your mind, my friend. Yeah, no. Hey, I well, you know, I'm going to definitely make some mistakes. That's what we're here for. Uh, but we're, we're going to help you out as much as we can. And, and that's, what I, that's what I would say. So I, I want to say I appreciate you guys for tuning in on our first show. Uh, if you ever have anything, we have a Twitter account, the Super Fantasy Bros. If you ever have questions, just hit us in those DMs. Find us um, on social media if you have it. If you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and let us know how we're doing. Uh, anything else, Jacob? Yeah, I just want to say how it it has been an absolute pleasure going over strategies for Dynasty and with Redraft. You know, I look forward to I look forward to doing to doing future shows with you, Kevin, like future future mock drafts, you know, and analyzing specific players. You know, you know, if any of you have questions out there, you know, on on players, on how to attack um how to attack your draft, um, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You know, you can find me on Twitter at ain't done yet and done is spelled D U N N E, or you can tweet at this show's Twitter, which is at super FF bros. So go follow that account and we will follow you right back. Other than that, you know, it's been an absolute blast. And I hope, I hope that this has given you guys a lot to think about heading into OTAs and in training camp, You know, so I just wanted to say, God bless you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. And if you ever want to find us in the live stream, we will be live streaming every Tuesday, God willing, unless I get sick again at at 730 Eastern. And we'll be here and we'll be there. But always on the podcast, look for our episodes to drop every Wednesday. And we appreciate you guys. And so until next time, we'll catch you guys later.